Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. The MFers coming here on a Wednesday. I'm really excited to talk to this guy. Yeah. yeah. Joining us now in the Harbor One hotline, Dan Greenberg, Barstool Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Stool Greeny. Greeny, uh, Dan, how you doing, buddy? Well, you know, other than this team completely ruining my life, my life through the first seven games, I think I'm doing all right, but so, it's been tough. So just give me your thoughts. Marcus Smart, post-game, game is over, disappointing fourth quarter. I'm sure you're just a ball of emotions. And then this guy steps up to the podium and says what he says about Tatum and Brown saying they don't like to pass. Just your thoughts on what you heard after that game. So it's interesting because I think anyone who not only read the comments but watched the video of it, you won't find too many lies in what he said. What I found interesting, though, is just the night in which he chose to say it. Because if you rewatch that fourth quarter, you see a lot of times when both Tatum and Brown are moving the ball. You know, Tatum had, a, you know, multiple passes out of double teams, including one to Marcus Smart. So mm-hmm. it was a weird situation where the point he was making is true, but it came at a time when it didn't match up to what actually happened. Like Dan, don't you get sick of Marcus Smart's whole just act after a while? Are you does does it bother you at all? So the whole you, everything, everything, media all and not to them in person that would bother me. But I mean, listen, if if he's telling the truth, then no, I don't no, have sorry, Dan. Like, and that, I think it's. The, the, the whole package with Marcus Smart, it's the falling on the ground. It's like losing the ball and grabbing his ankle like he's hurt. It's the, you know, it's the constant he bricks that shoot. he's laying up. Like every time he does get the ball, I just, it just, I feel like as good as he is, I feel like he's a detriment to the team. Well, it depends on just what you, you know, think of him as a player. If you look at the metrics, you see he's, for the most part, been a net positive. I mean, the team has a minus 18 net rating the second he steps off the floor. Mm-hmm. So it's like he, he has value, but you either love him or you hate him. There's really no in-between. So let me ask you. So um, I, I just question whether, the, like you said, like coming from him on that given night. But shouldn't it even come from him publicly? Like, isn't that an Ime Odoka? Like, isn't he almost calling out Ime as far as, like, we're putting plays together for this guy. He's putting me in the corner. I just felt like that's something that should come from the coach, not the player publicly. Yeah, I think, you know, when people hear Tatum and Brown, they think that he's, you know, throwing them under the bus. But I'm with you. For me, it was more, you know, they gave, when they traded Kemba, they, you know, made it clear that 
you know, Smart is the starting point guard. They're going to put the ball in his hands from a playmaking perspective. And he can't do that if he doesn't have the ball and is in the corner, which is a strategy issue, right? Like, all I think he was saying is our late-game offense is too predictable when we just have the Jays be the only ones that touch the ball. And that's true. They're, in the, they're last in the league in almost every fourth-quarter metric offensively. And you're not going to get any sort of variation if your primary ball handlers aren't even touching the ball. But that goes for Jalen, too, right? Like, we see so many possessions where Jalen is just in the corner watching. To me, that's, that's a strategy thing, and that does point more towards Udoka as opposed to, you know, the type of players that the two Jays are. Do you think this is a tough basketball team? Um, I think at times it can be, but I think it's they still haven't shown us that when things start to get tight that they have the mental toughness to play through that. That's what the fourth quarter was to me, right? They ended the third, things started to slip away. They started the fourth and missed their first couple of shots and got tight, and then that led to easy transition baskets, and then they unraveled. So there are times when they can show that toughness, but we have not seen them consistently be able to have that mental toughness over 48 minutes. All right, so we're talking to Dan Greenberg. But, Dan, okay, so I think there's a difference between, you know, mental toughness where, okay, listen, hey, you guys, we're down, you know, six points. Let's not give up. And then there's like physical toughness that I think some teams could possibly be intimidated by. Do you think they have that? Um, not anywhere in clear and acceptable level, right? Like yeah. I think okay, so when that, things that's are it. going great for them, yeah. we see that toughness. We see them lock in defensively. When things aren't going well, they play soft. Their body language is not what you want. So I think overall, I wouldn't call them a tough team right now. But that's not something you know. Like we've seen them. We've seen everybody on this roster show that toughness, but they are most certainly not showing it on a consistent basis through seven games. Greeny, I feel like I feel like Jalen Brown's kind of uh, taking shots here that aren't deserved because I personally feel like this is Jason Tatum. Like I, when I think of these two guys, I, I don't see Jalen Brown, you know, forcing up a bunch of shots, taking it to the hoop and getting it closed up and trying to shoot over two or three guys. I can see I see him kind of getting rid of the ball and recognizing moments. Tatum, on the other hand, he's the guy that loves this, like, you know, fade away, double team three so he can get everybody into the game and everybody can tell him how great he is. Like, Tatum's the guy, to me, not really Brown as far as, you know, forcing up double team shots. Yeah, I think because we we view them as, a, you know, a duo and a package deal, we sort of talk about them in both their successes and their struggles as a group. But if you look at Jalen's production He's really the only player who isn't off to, you know, a career-worst shooting start. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that, you know, while he's battled his inconsistency early, you know, from recovering from COVID and all that stuff, you saw him immediately respond when Ime was like, you know, his performance is mind-boggling. He's the only one who is aggressive and is, you know, converting at the rim. So I honestly, if, if you're looking at a laundry list of issues, Jalen's play really on both ends is, is nowhere near – the concern level that we are having with Tatum, who his fourth quarter shooting isn't there, his overall efficiency isn't there, and his shot profile isn't what you want to see for a guy who's shooting 27% from three on the season. So, so okay, early, early, I guess, uh, report card on Ime Udoka. What do you think so far? Um, I'd probably give him like a, a C, right? Just average, just because... You have to, for me, I'm thinking, you know, when it comes to learning his system, that takes time to adjust. So I don't really fault him for that. What I don't like is, you know, we have a seven, eight-man rotation in October, 
and they're losing games, right? Like, we need to see, you know, if, if someone doesn't have it going, you can't keep relying on a 35-year-old Horford. You know, you can't keep relying on playing the, the two J's almost 40 minutes a night. When you have guys that will help your floor spacing, I just want to see him use more of the rotation because there, there's going to be a time later in the season where you may need those guys, and they're not going to have any rhythm or confidence. So I haven't been thrilled with how deep he's going into his bench when depth was supposed to be uh, a positive. I like how he seems to be holding guys accountable. The late-game offense, you know, we don't really see him run any sort of sets in the fourth quarter. So that's, that's a pretty big detriment. But when it comes to adapting to his system, I think, you know, seven games is early. But he's been, you know, so so, so, Green, what is his system? Is it, okay, I've adapted a new system because of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Or are they actually running, you know, like, uh, you know, his own version of the triangle offense? So I don't think we really know what his I mean, what is system it? is, right? He's, because... You know, they start the game against the Bulls, and we see the ball is moving. Guys yeah. are, you know, uh, you know, screening off ball. There's there's great ball movement. But in the fourth quarter, we're seeing the same, you know, clog the toilet offense that we had last year. Defensively, early in the year, they were switching everything, and it really you could tell that their communication wasn't right. You know, they were leaving their bigs on an island with quicker guys that exposed them on the glass. Against the Bulls, they did a little less switching, which I think is why they were able to build that 19-point lead. But offensively, you know, the, the ball is moving better than last year. The numbers back that up. But I wouldn't say, like, we know for sure, oh, you know, they run the triangle like, you know, the Phil Jackson years. It's just so inconsistent where, you know, they need to figure that out to even have an identity. All right, we're talking to Dan Greenberg of Barstool Sports. And, Dan, Jason Tatum, kind of last couple of years, I'd call him, like, borderline uh, third-team All-NBA. Is yep. that just who he is? Do you think he is maxed out? Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, what he's dealing with right now is, you know, his traditional early season shooting slump. And I think we're seeing he's still at the point where that those struggles are impacting him on both ends. And, you know, as a young player, that's something that you would hope improves over time. I think we've seen the flashes of what he can be, which is, in my opinion, getting into that top 10 player conversation. I just think we need to get to the point where, you know, even if he's struggling, he can still have that top 10 player impact without scoring. And I think, you know, as guys are going to get back to normal and make open shots when he passes them the ball, I think everyone will feel a whole lot better of the type of Jason Tatum. See, I know a lot of guys, you know, young, they, can, they can mature, right? Grow up, of course. You're 21, 22, 23 years old. But when you look at a lot of those guys you mentioned, top five, top ten players, at about three years in, four years in, five years in, that's just kind of who they are. And then for the next ten years, they're that, that player. You know, they might mature a little bit, but I don't know. Part of me just feels like kind of this is who he is. And, and the concern I have is, like, you know, there's no dog in him. You know, when Ime says he wants dogs, he's just very, very smooth. He's almost like he's too cool. And my fear is that within a couple of years, this guy wants out. I don't see him here long term. Well, I think, you know, in today's NBA, that's, that's always, I think, a fear for any, any team that has a young, quote-unquote, star player, right? You have to show them that you're making, you know, the, the right trajectory to make them want to stay. I just think when it comes to Tatum, it's, you know, we need to understand that right now he's a piece to the puzzle. And I think ideally what we need to reach that finals contending, championship contending level is he needs to be more than just a piece. He needs to be the piece. 
and then you build around that. When he's inconsistent like this and he has his early struggles, he looks more like, you know, a, a fringe all-star player than the, the type of talent that they need. But we've also seen him at his height when he's literally an unstoppable basketball player. And that's where you're like, okay, he does have the talent to be that caliber player. It's just on Ime to, to find some sort of consistency within how he plays. All right, we're talking to Dan Greenberg from Barstool Sports. And, like, last one for me. So who, other than uh, Tatum and Brown, give me the next two best pure shooters on this team. Man, sure, sure. It's probably probably Horford or it's probably Pritchard, Horford and Neesmith is how is how I would Okay. It. So I thought you were going to add Neesmith into that. So why isn't he playing more? Yeah, this is the biggest question that I have for Eman and I mentioned it sort of when I talked about his rotations. There are nights when Josh Richardson earns his minutes, you know, like that double overtime against the you know, I can understand him not playing. But too often so far this year, we're seeing him just run up and down the court, not bring too much, you know, on either end. And I just can't understand how we all know that spacing is so important to surround the two Jays with to help open up driving lanes. We're seeing he may throw out lineups. Like that closing lineup against the Bulls had Richardson, Schroeder, and Smart, three non-shooters. You just can't do that. I think – we saw last year when Neesmith had consistent run, everything about his game came around. He improved defensively. He shot the ball well. He need, they just need to see what he can do. And, and the fact that he's getting, you know, DMP is just, it's mind-boggling to me. All right, he's, Dan, he's Dan Greenberg, Barstool Sports. You can follow him at Stool Greeny on Twitter. Greeny, listen, man, thanks. We appreciate it. Hopefully Marcus made the flight down to Orlando this time. And hopefully the leader can <laughs> be there. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I'm praying for it. All right, well, listen, good luck. Okay, hopefully they turn these things around for you, you know, your state of mind. I worry about you emotionally. <laughs> I know. Like I said, they've been ruining my life, but it's early. All right. All right, Greeny, appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. All right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.